every single one of us matters. Every single one of us has some role to play. The Sustainable Hour. For a green, clean, sustainable Geelong. The Sustainable Hour. Welcome everyone to the 450th episode of the Sustainable Hour. And you might think that something sounds a little bit strange <laughs> because the women have taken over the place. Yay! Yay! <laughs> We're delighted that Mick and Tony and Colin have vacated their presenter chairs. And today on International Women's Day, you're going to have a special program presented by a panel of wonderful climate leaders and community activists from our region. So welcome, set yourself down and let's get started with this show. Um, a big thank you to um, Colin and Mick and Tony. They have done a brilliant job, 450 episodes. Um, it's a big congratulations. And I would like to say that I'm here and co-presenting today's show with Rosemary Nugent, who knows so many people in the Geelong region. <laughs> Rosemary is a active community member with a passion for social justice, sustainable living and community connections. And she's been advocating for refugees, the East Timorese, and she belongs to so many organisations. She really is the queen of Geelong West. She's a member of their community garden, their neighbourhood house, a member of Geelong Organic Gardeners. She's very active in the Women in Local Democracy or Wild, as well as Geelong Sustainability and Sustainability and Cycling Geelong. And last year she was awarded an OAM for her contribution. So I couldn't think of a better person that I could be sharing the co-host chair with uh, than Rosemary today. Thank you, Vicky. May I say something about you? Oh, only, only if it's brief. <laughs> okay. So Vicky too is a Geelong Sustainability's Climate Advocate. She's a retired educator and she serves on Geelong Sustainability's committee for 12 years. And for the last six years, she has been president. Vicky is focused on building community understanding and collaborative networks to help our region to decarbonise, localise and equalise. And she's actually a nominee in this year's Women in Community Life for Leadership in the Climate Action Award run by COG, CBA Geelong. So we wish her well for that, um, for that nomination. And uh, Vicky's also a keen cyclist, member of numerous environmental and cycling groups, etc., etc., etc. Thank you, more than enough. And we have another panellist who's also a nominee in those awards. So I'm going to pass over to you to do yep. an acknowledgement of country yes. before we go further. We shall. As we all walk and travel around Geelang, the area we now know as Geelong, consider how this land was lived upon, cared for and loved by the Wathorong people who were its custodians for tens of thousands of years before European settlement. Think about how the European ways of life have destroyed, or at least drastically changed, what was here, without any thought for the lives, the rights, the freedoms of the first people who had been here. It is time for us to say sorry, while honouring and paying our respects to these first people, not just their elders, but all of them, past, present and still to come. We look forward to hearing their voices, their voices speaking loudly and clearly. 
and we ask their forgiveness so we may go forward with their help into a better future both for the land and the people of Jalang and Australia. Thank you very much, Rosemary. A lovely acknowledgement of country. And I think if there's any gear that we need to be mindful that we have one mouth and two ears, then this is the year to start listening to their stories. So I'd also like to acknowledge the Wadaran people and pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. Um, I sincerely thank them for their stewardship of Belang and Wadarong um, and their land, waterways and coastline. And I know all GS members are, are big supporters of their Healthy Country Plan and agree that we can make country good together. So obviously it's about International Women's Day and their theme is Embrace Equity. So we thought in this special show, we would forego the normal global outlook that you would hear presented by Colin However, we do know that some regular listeners will want to know what's been happening to the Forest Green Rovers. Um, but unfortunately, the news is all bad. Both the men's and the women's team lost their last matches. Listen to our sustainable hour for the future. So this, this show, we think, has to focus more on the global equity. So how are women doing when we look at this? So... There's some data that we can take from the Australian Bureau of Statistics that shows that the gender pay gap is still there and somewhere between 8.8 and 28.1% in 2022. Women are still less in the workforce, although men are at 71.1% and women at 62.3%, so the gap is quite small. We do still beat them on life expectancy, which is rather nice, um, and we're four years ahead of them, 85.4 compared to 81.3 years. And we're as a nose ahead on post-school qualifications, 63.3 to 63.1%. And unsurprisingly, we blitz the guys on housework and we're still doing 70% of the housework compared to 42.4, although I think that percentage is reversed in my household. Um, so the UN has a sustainable development goal, number five, which is about gender equality. And it's very much about um, empowering all girls and women to achieve their full potential. And globally, that disparity continues. Some data from the um, latest UN um, progress report shows that one in four women have been subjected to intimate partner violence at least once in their lifetime only 57% get to make an informed decision on their sex and reproductive health care. However, there is good news on the parliamentary representation, and that is going up. And in Colin's research, he, he brought out an international organisation of parliaments which reports annually. And in their latest findings, which was around 47 countries that held elections in 22, Yay, can we say there is now not a parliament that is male only. So that is really good news that women's participation in parliament is increasing. And we because we know that diversity in decision making leads to better decisions. Um, and here in Victoria, the government has set a target of 50% female mayors and councillors by 2025. So that's going to um, require a real big shake up in our own uh, local government area. But more importantly, we need to consider how gender is relevant to the climate crisis. 
Last February, the, the United Nations posted an exemplar story about this appointed issue. And it states that gender inequality coupled with the climate crisis is one of the greatest challenges of our time. It poses threats to ways of life, livelihoods, health, safety and security for women and girls around the world. There's now a growing evidence about the disparate impacts of climate change and the linkages between women's empowerment and effective global climate action. Climate change amplifies gender equity issues, um, whether it's to do with trying to secure food, water and, and fuel, whether it's in periods of drought where even the, the children, the, the girls, have to then work in the fields and help their mothers. So climate change is a real threat multiplier. And uh, it's something that um, particularly where there's these conflict and tensions, girls and women face even worse uh, vulnerabilities. So we must be aware that the impacts on women and girls from climate change, they're also not uniform and the risks are acute for Indigenous and Afro-descent women and girls, older women, LGBTIQ plus people, women and girls with disabilities, migrant women, and those living in rural remote conflict and disaster-prone areas. So a lot of areas there where we are probably less impacted. Um, so let's get on with the show. Jenna is one that I will introduce. And um, Jenna Wade is a community activator. She's a mental health support practitioner. So we welcome you here on the panel today, Jenna. Jenna is passionate about supporting, empowering and connecting people in her local Norlane community. She's also invigorating the Young Women in Local Democracy group, so that's Why Wild, to create a sustainable movement of young women change makers that can become future leaders of Geelong and beyond. Jenna is passionate about giving a voice to the people in her Norlane community. She wants to provide them with access to resources and support so they can create meaningful action. Jenna is currently focused on community garden spaces and bringing people together through caring for the land, growing healthy food and creating a more sustainable future for everyone. Welcome, Jenna. Yeah. And I'd also like to introduce Kate, who I've known for many years and who's also a nominee in the climate action category tonight. Um, so she's an agricultural scientist who's been president of the Ballerine Landcare Group for the last five years. Uh, she actually took over from Councillor Mason when he was elected. She's a lifelong environmental advocate and a land carer who's passionate about the values of trees in any location and also a practical gardener. And our other panellist is someone who she and I have worked on so many projects and events over the years, Noreen Nicholson, who actually won the Climate Action category last Yay. year from Council, um, and for her exemplar leadership, coordinating educational events and projects for Geelong Sustainability. Her current focus is now on integral ecology. I had to go and look that up, Noreen. <laughs> Which is the connection between humans and the environment. So, yeah, so, so relevant. And she's leading teams to formulate um, action plans based on the Laudato Sea um, at St Bernard's and also nationally with the Christian Life Community Australia. And she's also an active member of AARC, which is an interfaith group in Geelong, and also, of course, Geelong Sustainability. And I would also like to note that she's led Geelong Sustainability's recognition for First Nations people and 
ran a Clever Living seminar with Thomas Mayer. So really, she's provided enormous leadership in this space. So great to have you on our panel, Noreen. So let's kick off and let's start questioning these women about what they've been up to and why. What inspired you to step up, Jenna? I'd like to probably acknowledge Bron Lawson, who's a local powerhouse in Geelong and is founder of the Bluebird Foundation. Um, I worked with her a couple of years ago as a student and found her leadership style very inspiring. She was very collaborative, fantastic networker, included you and made you feel as if you were part of that, you know, executive team that was making the decisions for the organisation. And I felt like I wanted to to be like her. I've always gone up to her after that and thanked her so much for having that experience with a woman who is able to use all of those resources around you and use them together um yeah so that's that's my woman yep <laughs> thanks Jenny yes I know Bron so well said um and I'd like to ask you Kate who or what has inspired you to step up um well in terms of Landcare it was Jim Mason disappearing from the top job that <laughs> forced me to step up but uh in in recent times I guess it is those Landcare people particularly Landcare women um often older than me that made space for me to be who I was um, and uh, encouraged me to lead with with grace and uh, tolerance. And I think the Landcare group is doing really well because there's that depth of experience and um, a diversity of experience and, and trust, you know, trust and faith that people will do the right thing. Um, and I think the Landcare group has just gone from strength to strength, just supporting each other and believing in each other. Um, and a lot of those people 
were um, slightly older to a fair bit older and often women. Um, but then also, you know, my parents were good community members. Uh, some of my grandparents were very good gardeners and um, producers and agriculturalists. So it depends. You need to put a frame on it, I think. You can't just go mm-hmm. to one person. And I used to refer to a couple of people as my godparents. I'm not religious. But I really should refer to them as my earth parents because there were a couple of intelligent adults that just really encouraged me to be a, a good person and a good thinker and really sort through the, the climate and social issues. So I'm going to refer to them from now on as my mm. earth parents. Mm. Lovely. Concept. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Kate. Yes, it really is a culmination of people who influence us. Mm-hmm. Um, and Noreen, how about you? Who or what has inspired you to step up? I think early on David Suzuki and Jane Goodall and those, you know, giants of the environment uh, initially inspired me. But I've always had a passion for the environment to protect the beauty of nature. Like when you're standing in a beautiful place and you experience the, the sense of well-being and gratitude, it has a spiritual element. Uh, and it lifts the human spirit. So it's madness not to protect it. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's so very true. <laughs> no disagreement here. Yeah. Vicky, how about you? Oh, listening to these answers, I'm really enjoying them. Oh. I, if I said the who, I'd actually say my grandchildren. Mm. Um, people like David Attenborough and I mean, Noreen Mentz and Jane Goodall, you know, uh, are, are inspiring um, global uh, environmentalists, um, and listening to the listening to the what of the scientific data was is, is quite scary. And I think early on, I realised the best antidote for fear was taking action. Um, and I was lucky that Geelong Sustainability provided me a vehicle. And Dave Campbell, who was our president at the time, said, "I'll back you. Go out there and do whatever you want to do. I'll back you as long as you've got a plan." <laughs> And so, yeah, Noreen, Viv and I, we embarked on all sorts of projects um, and um, grew from there, blossomed from there. What about you, Rosemary? Well, it's been quite the journey for you, Vicky, but for me, I look at really broadly and I go back to my family and honest, caring parents who nurtured. And then I think of, you know, school, I think of uni where I, you know, joined mountaineering clubs and got into cycling and healthy living when I was teaching, I taught social education and the students, they gave me so much, I think, when we talked about the environment and the community and connections. So I just think it was, uh, as I said before, a combination of all these things. Um, I joined the community garden, Geelong Sustainability. It just kept on increasing. I just thought, mm. yeah, I really am concerned about the environment. I want to live life with healthy connections and have a healthy life and show concern for others with East Timor and refugees. So it's a bit of a mixture really for me. <laughs> that's good. And and that's a wonderful segue into our next question. And um, the song that we've chosen to introduce this section is the classic From Little Things, Big mm. Things Grow by Missy Higgins. Yeah. 
Wonderful. And there's been many examples that I think our panellists can share with us where little things have grown. So I'd like to start with Noreen. What achievements are you most proud of and why? I think volunteering with um, GS and the community education programs that I've created uh, over many years since uh, 2017, where we've actually, um, you know, encouraged hundreds of people to learn more so that they can, you know, react to um, and protect the environment. So that I think that's been terrific. Um, I also have a drive and a passion. I can convince most people when I'm in a team. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, to, uh, you know, do things for the environment. And I'm probably most proud also of being um, an Uluru uh, Statement of the Heart advocate for many years. And, of course, this is a really big year for us here for the Yes campaign. Mm, terrific. All right. And, Kate, what would you like to say is your most proud achievement? Well, can I just acknowledge that song? Um, like I just, the from little things, big things grow. Like I, I, I confess, I don't think I always fully appreciated the deep land rights story behind it. I, I purely, very young, um, loved the sound and and the phrase. And I do think, you know, it's very powerful to remember that the first step is often the hardest step. And if you just get started, um, if you just plant the seed in the ground or in a person's mind, you're a chance that something good from that might grow. Um, and so I think I, I do often say that to people, like I do think putting a tree in the ground is a really critical step because, you know, a tree, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago or 100 years ago, but the next best time's now. And I really think that's such a simple but important thing to do, you know, to re-engage with with the earth and so I guess at a at a very personal level um we're on five acres out here at Drysdale and when we came there were a half a dozen trees um and now um we've got 80 fruit trees and a productive veggie garden and blue tongue lizards and you know eastern spinebills and so on that little micro level having transformed mm -hmm. that landscape and then sharing that with people I find really empowering 
Um, and, you know, I've opened for Sustainable House Day and I think it's just important to start. I really just think it's important to start because, you know, some of us have suffered bouts of climate depression and we just need to get out and do stuff and keep talking and pe- keep stepping forward. So, yeah, yeah our yeah. own place. Um, but also another challenge for me, which I really wanted to share, was um, I was lucky enough during COVID to see the Journey on Wadarung country which was a photographic and um, auditory exhibition that was held in at Geelong a couple of years ago and a couple of girlfriends and mine and I um, we decided we needed to bring that out to the ballerine to help us better understand how to work and care for this country um, and we were able to do that through the support of the land care group and city of Greater Geelong and that was awesome. We had um, yeah. 1,500 people come through, which about 700 were secondary school students. Um, mm. And so I think that moved the ballerine forward in and moved the land care group forward in ways um, which we didn't fully appreciate at the time. So I reckon. Yeah, terrific. And now to you, Jenna, what do you think is the work that you're um, finding most rewarding? Mm. Um, well, because we're on Sustainable Hour, um, I'll probably talk about the farm next door and starting with the farm next door in Norlane here um, and that progressing and creating like a, a movement of food security, urban agriculture movement here in Norlane, which I've been very lucky to be part of and um, been inspired to, you know, create my own school and community garden from scratch um, and really felt a great sense of belonging and as if people are coming together through food and through growing and through getting back in touch with nature and touching the dirt and and knowing that that's actually there. You know, there's not just concrete. It's not just all of these man-made things. You know, there's, there's stuff there that we need to connect to that we're not necessarily connecting to and, you know, doing that at a school, I I feel like that's probably one of my biggest achievements is trying to bring that into the community here, bring that that sense of nature and being connected to your environment and, of course, you know, accessibility to to food and produce Mm -hmm. that's organically grown, which is something that is probably not accessible to most people in this Mm -hmm. um, suburb, yeah. Yeah. Terrific, yeah, yeah, so important, Jenna. And what about you, Rosemary? Well, so? probably one of my achievements was um, starting the Geelong West Neighbourhood House in 2009. So if we're talking about connections, um, mm. getting um, reaching out to isolated people, creating activities that will engage people, uh, it was great that we were able to have a, a big uh, meeting in October, October 15th, 2009 at Geelong West Town Hall. And we started the Geelong West Neighbourhood House. We had no money, we had no place, we had no paid people. And we just started off as volunteers and we had courses and activities all over the place. And it was very time consuming, but also extremely rewarding. Mm. I think we could do more on the sustainability front with the Geelong West Neighbourhood House, but that's a challenge for another day. And I'll also just really quickly mention too our starting the Geelong Friends of Vakeki. Vakeki is in East Timor and that's the district that Geelong is uh, linked with. And that was back in 2002 and we, we've mm. done a lot of really good things. You know, we've had lots of people going over there and 
helping with all sorts of things, but probably friendship has been the most important thing yeah. with the district of Ekeke, and that's been an ongoing thing for all those years. Mm, yeah. Wonderful. All right. Oh, Vicky, what about you? Oh, what about you? What about me? Oh, yeah. not much. Um, <laughs> it's just been... Um, it's just been so rewarding and I've enjoyed the connection. I've enjoyed the learning. Um, some of our GS members would say the most important thing that I started was green drinks and that's been going since 2000 and May 2013, so nearly coming up. This will nearly be 10 years coming up mm. as a forum where people, often new people coming to Geelong, wanted to find their tribe and green drinks was a place where mm. you could go hear something inspiring or, or interesting and get to talk with people who had the same sort of values yep. and concerns as as uh, as you did. But um, probably with my GS hat on, I would say it was um, Sustainable House. They probably took up a lot of my time mm. um, and we grew that look, you know, and housing affordability and that housing crisis just goes from from bad to worse. So there is still so much that needs to happen there. We We live in the the biggest, most leaky houses in the world. So, you know, the work of Saul Griffiths about electrifying everything and trying to get councils to do more, um, there's, there's there's a lot of work and there's a lot of advocacy still to come. But I think when I first started getting involved in the environmental movement, you'd be lucky if there was one story in the paper mm. once a week. Now you'll find a story just about on in every edition, maybe multiple stories. Yep. So it. The, the, the importance of the issue is increasing, mm. but there's more to do. Yep. Um, so I'm going to hand over to you now and we're going to move on to question three. But before we do, we do that, we're going to have a song, oh, shall we? We're blast from parts. Yes, Paul McCartney. So this is Despite Repeated Warnings. Despite repeated warnings Of dangers up ahead The captain won't be listening To what's being said He feels that there's a good chance That we've been misled So the captain's planning to steer ahead. What can we do? What can we do? What can we do to stop this foolish plan going through? What can we do? Shout the loudest 
So, repeated warnings, uh, enough of that, time for action, <laughs> everybody. So, I'm going to go on to the next question. I'll be asking Jenna, what are the big issues, Jenna, the challenges or the opportunities that you can see? Well, for me and with my local government sort of hat on, I think um, what I've been focused on is the um, accessibility for young women in particular to be able to progress into local politics or to know and understand how to make changes in the community and understand where those avenues are to get their voices heard. Because I've really been presented with a lot of information after joining the Women Leading Locally cohort um, fellowship program and I've noticed that it's, there's a lot there and it's, and it's quite comprehensive and I think it would be great if we could somehow break down that material and make it more accessible to, to young women but to women in particular and, and for them to know that it will be possible for them to get into positions of leadership and power and it's not going to be too much. Um, that's yeah. what a, yeah, that's a challenge. Jenna, we haven't actually mentioned this, but yes, you were awarded a fellowship by the state government. Could you just tell us really briefly about that? Yeah, well, it was a state government initiative, Women Leading Locally, that has given a cohort of women. I think there was 60 of us in the first cohort. There'll be another opening uh, this year. I think they're still open. Applications are open for women who would like to join. Uh, and it gives you information, networking, skills, support to allow you to realise that you can do it. You can be part of local government. You can you can get in there and do it. It's not, there's not a wall there. You, you can just go straight through. It is possible. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, glad you're yeah. getting so much out of it, Jenna. That's really, really good. Yeah, well, thanks. And, Kate, could I ask you about the big issues, any challenges or opportunities? Well, um, it is all around climate change, isn't it? But for me, I've always been an advocate for the environment and I've always kind of focused on plants and things, but I'm, I'm really increasingly concerned not just about climate change and the impact on the environment, but, but really how it's, uh, it has the public health benefits. You know, it's really predominantly going to affect vulnerable people, whether it's through security, housing security, you know, often um, the houses that are most damaged are those that are poorly built or poorly insulated or uh, in the wrong location for fire or flood um, or some other disaster. So I'm really, I really think, you know, um, getting on top of vulnerable people's issues around housing and security, um, um, you know, even back into domestic violence, um, I think those issues are really, really important. And we need to make some changes out of COVID. And I don't feel like we have um, sufficiently made structural changes to really move our most vulnerable into a safer place in the last 
two or three years. And so, um, and that to me speaks about sustainability, about human sustainability, about education of women um, and giving them the opportunities to be the best they can because it's it's still not the case, you know. <laughs> Even in Australia, it's still not the case and it's just, it's just outrageous. And so I'm, yeah, increasingly focused on bringing women forward to be the change that we need to be because it can't be done without all of our best minds and hearts um, putting our, you know, our fingers in the dirt and hands up to to make the change that we want to see. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm compelled to do that. Thanks, Kate. I think we're all in agreement there that we all, all need to do better. Noreen, how about you? The big issues, challenges, opportunities? Look, I totally agree with Jenna and Kate about the local issues. Uh, I mean, they're glaringly obvious, I think. And what are we doing about them? I don't think we have learned a lot from COVID, um, unfortunately, haven't learned the lesson. Um, look, from a macro view, you know, we need a drastic uh, reduction in emissions. We need to, you know, develop renewable energy sources and storage and transition to efficient, you know, methods of production and, and transportation. They're all on the thing. But the opportunity, I think, in Geelong um, region is what Einbach Sustainability Research showed us, that we can create 24,000 jobs in the next five years through a transition to renewable energy, and that's really exciting. And we need the decision-makers to listen to that. We need to think of the way we do things better. Um, and we need to take a holistic approach, which is what integral ecology is all about, to political, social, economic and environmental problems. They're all part of a big pie. They're not, you know, they're not all sit out by themselves. So I don't think we see, when we look at environmental problems, a lot of people say, oh, well, you're a greenie. But, but there's, you know, we've got a huge political, social and economic problems that go with that. So I think, you know, from a local level, I think um, we need to think differently and, yeah, at a local level. Um, Kate? Um, you know, this Commonwealth Games is coming to yeah. Geelong and I really don't think we've been engaged in that process. It's only a couple of years away and it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity to, you know, really be the clever um, and creative <laughs> community that we're supposed to be. But where is the talk about sustainable housing or tiny homes yeah. for housing the athletes and, yeah. the, and the officials? You know, where is that community conversation yeah. now? Like I've heard a little bit of noise about a, you know, stadium upgrade for the hockey, for the hockey centre. But you know, where's the connectivity? Are we all going to be able to ride and walk to the hockey in Corio? Where is those? Where are those big mm -hmm. conversations? Um, oh, yeah, um, I'm, I might I might jump in there, Kate, and say yes, yes, indeed. Um, John Sustainability was given the chance to pitch some sustainable ideas to the Commonwealth Games Organising Committee, and you know. Top of the list of that is things to do with affordable housing. It's also to do with transport. And I think every all the leaders in Geelong know we have a transport crisis, um, even though some councillors want, want to rip up the green spine. Um, and, and similarly, also around waste and, and how are we going to create a circular economy. There are, there are really big opportunities there. For me, one of the big things is trying to get that seed in the ground that we all agree to plant and have a target because I think that could be like the seed. If we could all come together and have a regional target of, you know, for net zero by 2035, 
from that could flow investments and and um, public um, funding. The, the state government does want the Commonwealth Games to have a legacy and they're following on from what happened in Birmingham. So there will be some legacy projects and, the, for example, the accommodation out at Warm Ponds for the athletes is like 4,000 beds, but they will be retrofitted after the Games mm-hmm. to then be turned into affordable and social housing. So there are some good things that will come out of the Games. I'm a little bit concerned that, the council seems to be dealing itself out of it by saying we've got no money to put in it mm. um, and we have this bit of a problem between who is organising things in Geelong. Is it the state government? Is it this new Geelong authority or is it council? So there are some issues to be worked through. Um, and similarly, that big future vision that the Addy has got involved in, which was great, but where is that community involvement and that mm. hands in the ground? Mm. Yep. Yeah, because Australian women are very good at sport. We've historically been very good at a global level on a number of, and on a multitude of fronts. But it doesn't seem to, it's still not really translating to equality in wages in sport. Um, but, you know, where's the sustainability? Oh, it's just sport and recreation. It doesn't need to be sustainable. <laughs> of course, mm-hmm. we all play sport yeah. as well. <laughs> Um, we could talk about this topic for a yes, long while. There's another, another program there. I'm mindful there is a whole program there, but I'm going to come to you, Rosemary. So what are your big challenges? And oh, when I thought about this, I was brainstorming all sorts of things. <laughs> I was going to multinationals and rorty and unethical behaviour and bullying cultures and organisations, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you could go on and on, honestly. <laughs> Um, but I did uh, also think, and it's been mentioned about that increasing gap between the haves and the haves nots, yeah. and the gender pay gap, and unequal yeah. numbers of women as CEOs and and chairs of boards. Yeah. And also, a great concern is the fact, and it's been publicised in recent times, about older women at risk of poverty and homelessness. Mm. And it could be because of divorce, redundancy, uh, all those sorts of things. So there's huge support and huge needs out there. And I get slightly overwhelmed when I think about it all, but there are lots yeah. of things that uh, can be done. And um, I'm, I'm mindful there's a, there's a little passage that this show often plays, and it's the UN president, uh, Antonio Guterres, and his quote is a great one. It's a time for transformation. We need disruption to end the destruction. It's a time for transformation. We need disruption to end the destruction. Yeah. I think I couldn't agree more, and, and that's really where we need to be at now, that change needs to be so grand. Want to bring it back home? 
to a simple piece of ground Been talking about it till my mouth is dumb But all I wanna do is make a deeper connection with some People fair, great concepts, isn't it? Um, Earth care, fair share, very much picks up the Laudato Sea action plan goals, doesn't it, Noreen? Um, so I, this this next question, we really wanted to sort of bring you back to the theme of International Women's Day, which is about embracing equity. Do you have a comment? Um, does it relate to what you, um, the work that you're doing? Um, so Noreen, for you, how does it impact what you're thinking or considering? Um, well, just picking up on uh, Rosemary's point, a big concern at the moment is the number of families, and particularly older women, uh, who are practically homeless. Like my husband's in St Vincent de Paul, and he goes and visits people in the Belmont area in the Coles supermarket quite regularly, and that is very disturbing. Um, they're either homeless, they're living in their cars, or they're couch sitting, um, and also needing access to food banks for food security. I mean, we've never seen us be at this level, uh, I don't think, uh, before, and I don't think I have. And as a community in Geelong, we can do better than this. We're yeah. better than this as a community, as a group. Mm. So I'm currently involved in the Geelong Real Deal, which hopes to address some of these issues. It's actually trying to, exactly what Vicky said about the future uh, one that the um, city of Geelong is doing. Uh, we need to hear the voices on the ground. So we're attempting to get 300 voices to take that, or stories, to take that to the decision makers because we need, we'll only get change if we demand it at a community level. Yeah. We're, we're, too, we're too polite, aren't we, Noreen? Way too Kate, polite. Are you going to be less polite going forward? What's your, what are your thoughts around equity for women? Oh, well, and definitely. So I think, um, again, just bringing it back to what Ballerine Landcare do, um, I think I am the first female president of the group um, yeah. and I don't think I'm the youngest but um, be close to the youngest. So, and I just think what we do at the nursery with all of our volunteers coming in to grow plants, but we've also got a maker's shed that fix, you know, fix stuff um, there at the shed. And we've got a great relationship, Ballerine Landcare, the nursery with the secondary college and now um, the new Farm My School project that's being supported yeah. by Ballerine Community Health as well. And to me, that's really starting to try and close practically you know, close the loop on food knowledge and food security. And so I think that's really powerful. And so getting the whole generation, getting the secondary kids involved and then having volunteers all the way through to retirement and, um, you know, the end of life, um, being a part of the land care group, uh, I think is really, is really powerful and trying to make a really practical contribution to food security yeah. um, biodiversity. So... That's fantastic. And, and, and Jenna, where you're working out in Norlane, what do you think of the impact of this? Yeah, I think it's really important, first of all, to define um, equality and equity. I think um, equality is more getting everyone to the same level, whereas equity is about fairness. 
bringing everyone up so they can see the same thing or have the same mm-hmm. access to resources yeah. and Very opportunities. Yeah. Um, it's particularly poignant where I live here in Norlane because we do have a lot of people that are living here who are perhaps not able to access the same things as other people in Geelong um, and we've lost a lot of the services that we're here for, food vouchers and food security and we're trying to bridge that gap here with this urban agriculture and, you know, myself creating the school community garden. However, I found I end up with a lot of produce there that isn't being, oh. it's not being taken because I, I think we are missing like an educational aspect. You know, you can have the produce there, there's these beautiful organic vegetables and these people who need food, but if they don't know how to prepare book and use that you know I I see that as a huge gap and a big issue um I'm really trying to work that out and I think it'll be really helpful if um this is fantastic hearing about what's happening on the ballerine with Kate um I think it would be a this would be brilliant to collaborate with some other people to try and get things happening on you know that bigger level well, Geelong-wide, I know that's not too macro, but... Yeah, but, and um, la- last week, Geelong Sustainability's Green Drinks was held out at the Common Ground, yeah. and it was great to go out and see oh. the work that they're oh. doing too um, around um, land regeneration and food um, food security and all that those pipeline effects. So, yeah. So I haven't asked you, Rosemary. Oh, look, they've been such good answers. I agree with everything, so I won't take up too much time. But I, I totally agree with Jenna. It is about providing opportunities, yeah. educating. Yeah. Um, if we are to go forward and have an inclusive and diverse community that we all embrace and we'll all be the stronger for it, our whole community will be the stronger for it. Yeah. How about you, Vicky? Well, I think as we saw at the top of the show, um, the climate crisis affects women disproportionately. So this is where anything we do to solve the climate crisis is going to help women. And um, clearly um, there does need to be structural changes because the system is unfair at the moment. And um, one of my goals is is um, trying to increase resilience of communities. We we tried and we love to do a program where we can give solar to people who can't afford it because they're the ones that will impact them the most and lower their power bills. So a social solar program is something that I'd very much like to see happen. But um, I think... Um, I think we should move on now. Um, I'm mindful that we're doing getting close to our, our time. And there's one really important question that we do want to ask people. And I'm going to throw it to you to <laughs> lead the round of questions on this one. Right. So um, our, last question. our last question is, what advice do you have for women thinking about getting involved? Jenna, you have already touched on this, but would you like to elaborate? Yeah, fantastic. Um Well, I've been doing a lot of work with young women in local democracy, um, trying to gap that accessibility into local government. And we're actually holding an inspiration event for young women on the 1st of April, which will be held at Common Ground Project um, and will include some um, farm work and some inspiration from some inspirational speakers to, to try and inspire young women in Geelong to put their passion into action. Um, to realise that they actually already have a lot of skills and experience. Um, It's just about using that 
and having the support from people who have already been there to be able to get into these change-making positions, which I think it's important that women are in. So, Jenna, if people want to become involved in Why Wild, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, well, I think at the moment we're working through the Wild Mm -hmm. Facebook page. So if you wanted to get into contact with Why Wild, you could go to the Wild Facebook page. Yeah. Alternatively, because I'm involved as well with Wild, Women in Local Democracy, um, people can email wildgeelong at gmail.com. So we do urge people to get involved. Thanks, Jenna. Um, Kate, do you have some advice for women thinking about getting involved? I think it's come through in everything and whoever and what everyone's had to say is that just step forward, you know, oh. step forward at the kitchen table, step forward at the boardroom, step oh. forward at the school crossing oh. or the school car park or the supermarket. You know, if you hear someone not being the best they can be, just maybe stand up because that might be the first time someone has stood up for that person for a significant amount of time. And by showing some value in uh, other people, people start to mm-hmm. feel feel valued. So I think that um, be generous, continue being generous people with mm-hmm. your time and your intellect and your energy because you will live a longer time being generous. Mm-hmm. It's good for your soul. Well said, very wise. And Noreen, how about you? Look, join a group like Geelong Sustainability. Um, Feel the power of working with other committed and passionate people. It really, you know, um, you get a bit down on your own, but if you if you join with other people, it just restores your soul to you know to work with other people. It's rewarding, and most of all, you learn a lot by working with these people. So that's my advice. If all else fails with people, maybe just go hug a tree because they've they've learned something about resilience that maybe stand under long enough, we probably can learn from them. Yep, wonderful advice. The thing about getting involved, just putting up your hand or doing something where you see a need, you know, not standing back and thinking, oh, no, I'll leave it to somebody else or I'm not good enough, just putting up your hand and having a go basically and that's what we do encourage uh, through WILD, Women in Local Democracy, because we are actually aiming for uh, gender parity and diversity for women in leadership in Geelong. And we're following the Victorian Government's Gender Equality Act of 220, which is a target of equal representation of women and men councillors at the next council election in October 224. Mm. That's the aim. And in Geelong, for example, we only have 36.3% of the total elected people in Geelong who are women, whereas the state average is 43.8%. So it's still too low and we need to do better. We need to get people running for council, preparing themselves, getting supporters, getting their profile up and doing all the things they need to do. So if you want to, please contact WILD, as I said, wildgeelong at gmail.com and, as Jenna said, Facebook site as well. Do you have anything else, Vicky? Noreen's already done a plug for John's sustainability, which was wonderful. Um, but I would say do something. This yeah. is the crucial decade. Just do something. Step forward. Find out what interests you. Is it, you know, tree planting and and, and restoration and regeneration of our environment? Um, is it food security? 
is it about advocating and um, um, and 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 trying to hold power to account, and or what Jen is doing, trying to get a seat at the table so that we can make better decisions. Mm. Any any of the above, if it is to be, it's up to me. Um, you won't regret it. You'll meet wonderful people. You'll make lots of good friendships. You'll make a difference. And you know we do need to rattle the cage mm. loud. And, mm. and hard because it is only now. Um, we think of Rosie Riveter, you know, we can get on and do it. Um, and uh, I want to be able to look my grandchildren mm. in the eye and say, I've done everything I can yep. to address this climate emergency. Mm. Um, and in, in wrapping up this show, I'm heading back and I want to say to Mick, congratulations on the work you did with a couple of other local people in actually starting that whole movement of mm. recognising that we are in a climate emergency, mm. how much the language is changing um, as the crisis becomes more and more urgent and we see those terrible, terrible, dev devastating, compounding um, extreme weather events that are happening and just destroying people's lives mm. and livelihoods. It's just so sad. The fact is that there are so many things that people can do, starting with talking about it. I know the guys normally wrap out this show with a saying of be the difference. But we ladies, on the count of three, I want us all to chip in and say that we, we are, are the difference. difference. Be the difference. I know the world's gone mad. It's truth. Be the difference. Many people say that Sweden is just a small country and it doesn't matter what we do. But I've learned that you are never too small to make a difference. And if a few children can get headlines all over the world just by not going to school, then imagine what we could all do together if we really wanted to. Be the difference, be the difference. It's darling, the future's watching us. So am I gonna open everything up? Am I gonna let fury fill my cup? Am I gonna be an anthem singing in the dark? Gonna light up like a burning heart? Am I gonna stand still? Well, everything shakes and tumbles off Am I gonna remember the truth? Cause I wanna be nasty, wanna be brave Not let his fear make me afraid I don't wanna pretend I'm too small to jump the wall I'm just trying to remember her voice Telling me that every day's a choice For where this good hurts bad my child, you always can be the difference.